This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The things we talk about off the air. It's really something. Hey, real quick before we get to uh, we get to Bowler, uh, who's expected to join us coming up here momentarily. Quick, quick. I don't know if this is a riddle, really, but how do you know? How do I know that uh, LeBron James is a better player than Kristaps Porzingis? Because you've watched both of them play. No, no, no. Not what I'm looking for. Uh, uh, I don't know. I give up. Breaking news. The NBA announces that Kristaps Porzingis has been fined 50 grand for violating the rule prohibiting <laughs> players from going to bars, clubs, lounges, etc. Uh, sources said Porzingis, who has been vaccinated, briefly visited an L.A. strip club on Sunday. Hmm. I love it that that's a relevant part of the story. <laughs> strip club, not just L.A. club. They got to make sure and get that strip club in there. <laughs> How on brand for the NBA. Um LeBron goes to a, what was it, a, an event for his tequila company? Something like that. And yeah. the NBA creates a loophole for him, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Seagus goes to his strip club, find $50,000. I'd like to be a part of that meeting where they all get together to find an excuse for LeBron. You know? Well, I guess they didn't suspend Chris Stapps, so that's something. Yeah. But they didn't even find LeBron. They didn't, they didn't do anything. Why is LeBron so so hesitant to uh, give out any information about what he has or hasn't done in that regard? As, as far, far as, as the vaccination yeah. goes, I honestly don't know. Huh. I, I don't I don't understand the the motivation to be so vague about it. Mm-hmm. Like either you did or you didn't. Yeah. I mean, if he didn't, is he afraid about the blowback? Or and if he did, does that is is that not cool or something? I mean. I, I don't know. I mean, I honestly, I, I don't care one way or another whether LeBron does it or not. I mean, that's that's his decision. Um, it doesn't make any difference to me, but so I, I don't understand why he'd be so so vague about the whole thing. But your point, your original point, is a, is really really good, Jake. <laughs> you know, it's like the old Orwell uh, uh, story, Animal Animal Farm, about how some people. Some animals, some people are more equal than others. Yeah. Uh, LeBron's pretty equal. Yeah, in this case, I, I think so. All right, uh, let's get out of the zone phone. Of course, uh, his uh, appearance brought to you by our friends at uh, Mountain Land Supply, where the pros go for plumbing, landscaping, irrigation, uh, agricultural irrigation, HVAC parts and tools, and safety equipment. Find a location near you at mountainland.com. He's the television voice of the Utah Jazz. Our good friend, Craig Bowler. Jack, what's up, Bowler? Jake, Gordon, how are you guys? We're doing just spectacular. We are doing well, Bowler. How about yourself? Life good? Yeah, yeah. I uh, kind of uh, got away, drove, make my dr- my drive up, and did the back forty uh, today. Oh, good. all right, that sounds yeah. pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't touch the barn though, did you? 
Oh, I, no, I, I went into it, but I just looked at it. If that's touching it, I looked, but didn't really get into it. No, I'll tell you what, I was surprised of uh, the growth that occurs quickly. You know, if you don't touch a, you know, if you let your yard go, Gordo, yeah, like for a year, you wouldn't even be able to get out there. I mean, think you know, you can you know, things grow over quick. It's unreal. Well, that's it's a good thing you're handy in the yard because uh, you know. I bought, a, I bought a new weed eater, man. I broke it in big time today. All right. That, you know, Why that's would anybody it. possibly care about oh, this? Oh, come on, Austin. That was a drop folder. And by the way, isn't that like, maybe this is me just being middle-aged, but uh, I, I love like the excitement of using new lawn equipment. Uh-huh. You know, you're like, oh, I've got a new uh, weed whacker. I can't yeah. wait to get this but a, a puppy fired up. What's the, up. what's the most exciting piece of equipment like that that you've ever purchased, Bowler? Um, and don't what, say a washer and dryer for your wife like you did that one time. Yeah, the washer and dryer, that was a big move. That, that was recycling bins. Oh, Remember okay. that? I got in big trouble <laughs> on that one. Hey, what do you think? Happy birthday, recycling bins. What the, <laughs> what the, what's this? <laughs> That's one of the worst decisions I've ever made. Unbelievable. <laughs> No, I think, you know, buying that uh, 45-inch swath-cut riding tractor mower with some attachments was a real big thrill to fire that up. Make sure those wheels were spinning good. Yeah. (laughs) I I, I hear you, Buller. Let's talk a little jazz basketball. Let's do it. Uh, Let's start with the Donovan Mitchell situation uh, with you, Buller. You know, he's playing, then he doesn't play. The next day, that story comes out on ESPN. I'm sure you had a chance uh, to to hear Donovan's media availability yesterday where he was obviously not pleased. Uh, What's your your read on this whole thing, Buller? Well, you know, there's stories within stories, obviously. I don't know the layers uh, of how this all works out, but you can probably guess, you can guesstimate on several different scenarios. His people, the Jazz, um, their input, uh, Donovan's input, other people's inputs. You just don't know when you start to have a young star like this on, you know, how it all works out. Look, you have to trust, I think, the player, um, then also – it's an investment, right, by the franchise. So, you know, I think both times, sometimes you can get uh, a little uh, overcautious, but at the same time, uh, something happened uh, that the minds got together and said, this is, not, this is not what's best for Donovan Mitchell. And he didn't like it. And he made that very clear yesterday, by the way. And I applaud him for that. He didn't hide behind anything. He talked to us about uh, talking to his teammates, straightening, straightening that out. And I really thought that the late announcement from my chair, I was just walking out of the door to go to the arena and we had to change everything ourselves just in the broadcast. So I sat back down uh, before I, I was jumping back, you know, jumped out of the car, came back and said, okay, this is what we're going to do. And I think, you know, it impacts the whole team. I mean, the game planning was pretty much in place, I would think. And you have to make changes. And I think Donovan, who had talked to the media about being prepared and being healthy, said, look, I'm not in pain, but I have some soreness, but I'm ready to go. And then something went down in those two and a half or three hours, you know, after that conversation that he had on Zoom uh, with the media. Uh, there's only a few people privy that really knows the, the entire story. Uh, but, you know, I thought it impacted the Jazz in game one for my chair. I just thought, again, a bit 
dazed, whether that was Donovan or, or the fact that I, mean, I don't know why you'd be dazed. I mean, I can understand you're losing your one of your top players at the last minute, but this is still you're the number one seed. Come out and play like it, and they finally did it in the second half. Bogey caught fire, and I thought Mike played you know as solid best he could. Um, and Rudy had foul trouble, obviously, and trying to hang with uh, Valanciunas. So uh, you hope all that's behind. And that's what Donovan said. You know, look, what was was and what is is. So you cannot, and I'll tell you, in this playoff series, things can get away from me pretty quick. You're down 0-1, but you got your home floor again tomorrow night, and then you got to go on the road to Memphis. I hope they understand who they are because they're a 52-21 and team. They busted tail all season long to get to this point, and then to lose the home court advantage in the first game of the playoffs is like, wow, that's that's a staggering hit. But another test to see if the Jazz have the wherewithal to come back and uh, give give a, a Memphis team, by the way, guys, who's very confident right now. They won five of six right to end the season, and in the play-ins, they just you know got got uh, they got pops in the Spurs, and they knocked off Curry and the Warriors in overtime. So they're, this team right now, Memphis, I mean, they're, they're flying high with confidence. And the headbutting of one Dylan Brooks, uh, I'm surprised the league didn't jump in on that a little bit. But you know what? It's playoff basketball, too. You're, I think we're going to see more of the same as, as the playoffs continue on. Uh, but the Jazz have to match maybe the little bad boy attitude, right? And we saw, saw them kind of get into a couple of entanglements. And I'm not, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a few more on the way. Well, one of the things that I think stirred up the Donovan thing uh, is the fact that 16 hours later, he announces that, yes, he's definitely going to play. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, what happens inside of that time frame that would make him, uh, you know, go from a, a, a no go to a to a, a complete go? Uh, that, I think that that adds far. I mean, uh, it it does. It does. I think it adds intrigue to the story. Obviously, what happened in that time frame, Gordon, as you as you talked about, um, uh, you know, again, only a few people privy to know the the entire story. But you know, there's there's the Donovan, you know, people. The Jazz have their job to do, and they do it well uh, with with the medical team, the rehab that Donovan's gone through the last five plus weeks, going on nearly six. And I don't know how magically it just happens that, you know, on Sunday you can't go, but the next day you announce it all is well. Um, but look, uh, he made it very clear he wasn't happy. He made it very clear he wants to move forward. And I think it's the best, that's the best attitude to take in a, with the playoffs sitting right in your lap. And you've got to win a ball game tomorrow night. Uh, whatever the issue was, you hope they solved it. I mean, that's the bottom line to it. For Jazz fans and for their run to the, for a title, their run to a title depends on this team just being as one, which they've done multiple times. They've been through, you know, hell and back in 14 months. You know, I've already talked about Oklahoma City. You talk about the bubble. You talk about dropping the 3-1 lead to Denver. Uh, the alleged, uh, you know, issues surrounding an irreparable, you know, relationship with Gobert and, and Donovan. And then you have the plane trip to Memphis and, you know, the the, the, the flock of birds. I mean, man, come on. And now you have the Donovan issue. And, I mean, they – they, I think they just want to go play and hopefully win what they set out to do, a Western Conference championship and a chance to win an NBA title. Uh, and I think that's what most Jazz fans want too. 
Bowler with us uh, here on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Bowler, you know, you watch game one, and this is going to be a hard-fought series. Memphis plays really hard. They're young. They're talented, yeah. but they they play really hard. They play physically. And I think I think this is going to be a fun series from that standpoint. You're going to see both teams, I think, give it their all. Oh, after what we saw in game one, yeah. And I just think Memphis just gained even more confidence. You know, I mean, who wouldn't be confident after the shootout that Morant and Steph Curry had in that overtime game, right, to put to put Memphis into the playoffs. But Morant and Brooks are a pretty good combo. they got the big Valanchunas who's a, can play the D, but he also has offensive skill sets. Kyle Anderson's been there with San Antonio, right? And, and Jake, he can, you know, he can defend. He can shoot the three. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. is still just kind of coming back off that, that knee surgery that he had, the meniscus tear. Um, and now I'm looking at the bench. I mean, Desmond Bain, yeah. Uh, Grayson Allen, you know, can have his moments. We know him. Former Jazz man, played tough, had that attitude at Duke. And uh, I think, you know, he's kind of brought that attitude to Memphis, right? I mean, you know, at least Dylan Brooks kind of plays a little bit like Grayson did in his college days. But the Jazz are going to have to make a statement tomorrow night, in my opinion. I mean, they're going to have to say, look, we're here. We're back. Donovan's good. Uh, we had a hiccup. We got our fan base behind us, and this is our house. Best record in the NBA uh, throughout the regular season of 31-5. and five. The Jazz have got to remember all those things and go out and play. Um, proficient three-point shooting club. You got a the Sixth Man of the Year award, by the way. What a class act Joe uh, had last night with Clarkson. That was awesome uh, live on TNT. But you got the Sixth Man. You still have a Coach of the Year candidate. You also have a defensive player of the year candidate uh, sitting in your lap. So I would say go prove – well, not prove it. Go play like like you know it. Go play play how you got here because they did a lot of good things along the way. And I don't know if they forgot that. I don't know how much the Donovan issue disrupted the, the concentration, the flow. But, again, as Mitchell himself said, move on. We've had our talk. Uh, I talked to my team, which I like my team. It is his team, and they have to rise up and move forward. And I think tomorrow night's a huge step for this for this team to do it. Oler, simple question that's kind of complicated, but really, I mean, it seems like it's simple. Are the Jazz tough enough? You know, I've been asked that a lot on other radio shows around the country, and I think again, Memphis, to your point, tried to test that in Game One. Uh, I, I don't mind, you know, players jumping here and there and, you know, Rudy and Donovan kind of walking around the baseline. My, my, my answer to that is they're being tested and they're going to have to answer because every, every time I've covered a playoff series, you know, everyone will tell you big T's told me this multiple times, Matt through the years, Mark Eaton, Carl Malone, you know, you wipe the slate clean. I know that's a cliche, but man, it is. It's a different game in the postseason. I think we got a heavy dose of that in game one. You can't predict how the officials are going to call a game, right? They may let you play. They may not. They let Memphis play in game one. Uh, the whistle came often for Rudy and also for Valanciunas, by the way. He was in foul trouble uh, and Conley got into trouble. Uh, so you're going to have to just be able to, to I think, Keep your head, but you still have to be physical. You know, you can't give them the free stuff. You can't go outside who you truly are 
you can't fabricate toughness unless you are, but you can also stand up and say, Hey, we're not going there. Um, you know, the jazz are not teams that are going to be picking fights, but I think they'll respond fine. And I was glad to see them respond the way they did, uh, Gordo against Dylan Brooks. And I think Memphis really tested. They wanted to see what they could get away with and if they could get into the heads of, of the jazz. Um, maybe in the first half they did. Second half, I thought the Jazz regrouped and, and and played some good basketball that came up short. You expect to bounce back in game two, Bowler? I expect I expect them to play much better. Oh, I do too. Look, Jake, you go back and look at all the film. Uh, you know, I look at about 15 minutes, kind of in uh, you know in a compact way. But again, every we've had this conversation before, right? This year, multiple times when the Jazz have open looks and just can't make threes. And that was another case. I don't understand why it's, you know, like I can understand one player, but to have multiple players struggling from three, I mean, if you just look at it, Bogey, I mean, was four of 11, but, you know, Joe was three of seven, Conley three of 11. And surprisingly, Clarkson, who had the streak of what, 94 straight in the regular season with at least one three-pointer made, went 0 for 8. And then George Niang, who's been playing well, uh, down the stretch run of the regular season went one of six. It's that's not typical jazz basketball, but they also turned the ball over a lot in the first half. Bogey had troubles. And I think you just got to settle down and make sure you don't pass the ball. The live ball turnovers when you're trying to actively pass that ball. Got, you know, these this, the jazz are well scouted. They know they like to make the extra pass. And so teams are just waiting to drop, drop into the passing zone and take advantage of a turnover and score on the other end. And, you know, I don't think the Jazz want to play uphill in this series, right? I, I, I would expect tomorrow night make a statement. They have to. They need to. For not only, I think, the NBA, for those doubters about the number one seed, but also for themselves uh, to make sure they understand who they are, where they've been, and where they want to go. Well, what can the Jazz do to limit those offensive rebounds that the Grizzlies like to get? Well, you got to make shots. If you miss the three, it's that long hit off the rim that falls into open space, and then the ball's picked up and it's gone. Um, we've seen that, too. If you make threes, you don't give them an opportunity, right, to get an offensive or a defensive rebound and, and run it down your throat in transition. So, you know, look, you've got a pretty fast backcourt. Morant loves the speed. He loves the open space. That's what he thrives off of. He's not a three-point shooter. He's really not that particularly good in mid-range. But he can float it, yes. But he has to have that open space to get into the paint. But he's not a big three-point threat. Memphis isn't a big three-point threat, even though they knocked down a few against the Jazz in game one. Uh, But they're all about speed. They want to dictate the pace. And the Jazz have got to be able to make those shots, not to give them extra opportunities to – to giddy up and go because man in the open floor they're a tough team just like golden state you know just like what washington will do or what portland uh will try to do to teams um the jazz that you know it's quinn snyder said this jake so many times what's the word per, they have to be precise mm-hmm. and precision and that means that extra pass not overpassing uh and, and getting in trouble on a short shot clock but the precision of the pass has to be crisp and strong and also they have to make shots that's who they are. They have to be effective at the rim. Rudy's got probably a few more touches that he needs to have to, to be a, a bigger impact. But I tell you, the power of the three, when the Jazz are on, you can't. no one can beat them.
I think tomorrow night, again, another chance to go out there and, uh, I don't know, prove their dominance and why they are the one seed in the NBA. If they don't, it's a big hill back, big one. Bowler, thank you very much. As always, excited for game two. We uh, we will be watching. Eight o'clock. Guys, thanks for the time. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Bowler. That's our buddy Craig Bowler, Jack. Of course, the first round broadcast as well on AT&T Sportsnet, so you can still get your bowler fix. <laughs> you sure can. All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up straight ahead. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Slow Mo Joe. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK. What would an NBA title mean to you? Oh, I mean, it would mean the world. It would be a very special moment, and I don't even really say that for myself. Like, yeah, it would be great to have that on my resume one day, but also for Utah. Like, that's why I kind of do what I do off the court with what we do with Renee and I. And it'd just be a cool moment to share with the people here because we have the guys that have been here from seven years ago winning, like, 28 games or whatever we did that first year to kind of where we are now. And, yeah, it would be incredibly special. It would mean also that I'd be on a plane a couple days later to head over to Tokyo to try and win a gold medal with Australia. It'd be very special. Oh, yeah. Catch Jazzman Joe Ingles with DJ and PK every Thursday morning on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, this is your Jazz at 30 update. Ring the 30-point belt. Time for your Jazz update. The Jazz uh, back in action coming up tomorrow night. Game two of their best of seven playoff series against the Memphis Grizzlies. Derek Favors talked about all the uh, drama that's happened over the past couple of days. I think we'll go into game two probably a little bit more relaxed. Like you say, the situation with Donovan and I'm pretty sure Jordan, um, JC had the, you know, the war thing on his mind and, you know, just a lot going on. So I think going into game two, um, everybody be a little bit more clear-headed, be a little bit more focused, and, um, you know, we'll just come out ready to play. Not saying we wasn't ready to play in game one. You know, Memphis, you know, they played good and did a, did a great job, but I think for us, we just got to come out focused and, and ready to play and just, you know what I'm saying, match the intensity. The Jazz officially released their injury report about an hour ago, and nobody is on it. Donovan Mitchell is a go uh, for game number two. Uh, Tip-off will be at 8 o'clock here at Vivint Arena. Pre-game coverage here on The Zone begins at 7. This update brought to you by our friends at Mountain Land Supply. You're locked on to The Big Show, presented by Big O' Tires. Just doing it big, you know. Stop by your locally owned Big O' Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O' Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you for making us part of your day. want to remind you about our friends at Davis Vision. Their spring LASIK sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses. Save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call today, 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. 
Real quick here, Gordon, I just want to get your thoughts on this, and we can get back to talking about the Jazz, but this is a uh, college basketball-related uh, issue. Is it? Josh, or excuse me, not Josh, John Rothstein of uh, CBS Sports, who covers college basketball, had this tweet today, Gordon. Okay. He said, sources, multiple mid-major programs are opting to not play guarantee games against high-major programs because it gives power conference teams a, quote, Free live evaluation, unquote, of future players who could move up via the transfer Oh, portal. yeah, I saw that. That's whatever. Really? <laughs> I mean, you can, you, can break, you can break your foot getting out of bed in the morning, right? But you're going to get out of bed anyway, right? So just don't worry about that kind of thing. Uh, well, I know you've made a big issue of it, and uh, we'll see how it plays out. But that's just silly, I think. I think the transfer rule, rule hurts the sport. Yeah, okay. Well, I think it will lead to it being less popular, and uh, specifically college basketball, I mean, maybe college football too, fans are, are not going to be able to get to know their teams anymore. And that, that's been tough in college over the years anyway because they can only be around four to five years. But in this case, if a player's on a different team every year and their fan, college basketball fans' teams look different every single year, it's going to hurt interest in the sport. I understand what you're saying, but some things you just got to put up with just in the name of freedom. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Because either. we haven't been putting up with it for the name of freedom uh, for That's quite some time. That's because everything has been tilted and, in favor of the institutions, Jake. The you sport know that. has been really successful. Yeah, but at what cost? Uh, well, disagree with me. You don't. You, do you think this is going to hurt the sport or not? It, it, it could. Take fairness out of it. It could potentially. Is, is it going to hurt the sport or not? Well, I don't care about that. Well, okay. I mean, I, well, I, I think one thing is more important than the other. And it's not going to kill the sport. It's going to hurt the sport. It's going to hurt institutions who want to hold on to their players. That's who it's going to hurt. You mean institutions that create the platform that really benefits the players in a lot of ways? Institutions that take advantage of of free labor. (laughs) First of all, it's not free. Might as well be. If if you, the the person who wrote the email that says I can't call it a free education, you can't call it free labor. <laughs> well, it's it's greatly reduced cost. Is it labor? Yeah. How much reduced cost? Greatly. That's not a. Give me something specific. Well, I don't know. It's different for every program, but uh, I I just think uh, holding holding eighteen year old kids. To uh, a contract that uh, that benefits the institution, but it it it, it boxes them into a, an obligation is is unfair. And and so, yeah, there there might be some. I'll grant you there might be some collateral damage, but I think it's worth it to allow individuals the freedom that they should have to move from one school to another. Should have? Why? Should have? Why? Because. Because uh, it's, we, we've gone through this a thousand times, Jake. For so long, it was a one-year contract for four years if the coach decided he wanted to keep you around. Was that, that was good for the sport, right? But it's not fair. It was an advantage for the institutions, but it wasn't fair. 
I don't see how it's not fair. I'm, I'm not coming along with that premise. Yeah, so, so you think a player should be beholden to a four-year stay at a college when the coach can run the player off whenever he wants? A coach is not a player, and that's what you sign up for. Go play somewhere else then. Well, that's what they want to do. They want to go play somewhere else. No, no, no. I mean, like, don't play college basketball. Go play somewhere else. Uh, well, I mean, that's going to happen, too. Because bro. now people the people want their cake and eat it, too. Like, we want the platform of college basketball, but it's unfair somehow. Jake, can you Come not on. see that that's, unf- that that's one-sided? One-sided? You're acting the, act the, like it's the, an adversary the, no, relationship. The, it's the, not. The institution can kick you, can run you off whenever they want, but the player doesn't shouldn't have the freedom to go to a different school if he sees a better opportunity elsewhere. What about the the student that loses his scholarship for his or her scholarship for not performing academically? Uh, I uh, you know that's that's I don't that's not a part of the conversation. Why not? Because we're talking about sports here. Well, that happens to normal students. So you want you want to make it so if a if so if you want to make that analogy, Jake, then the student who loses his his scholarship can't go somewhere else. I'm saying if, if a player he, loses his scholarship, he can go somewhere else. Only on, only under those conditions. If the what? institution no longer wants you. Yeah. Uh, that's not fair, Jake. That's how, not how is that fair? not fair? Because it's not fair to hold the players, to hold the student-athletes to a different standard than you're holding the school to. How so? Explain that to me. I really I, I don't get it. What you're, well, because what, the premise of what you're saying is if an 18-year-old kid signs on to go to a certain school mm-hmm. and he doesn't like it, tough crap. You've got to stay because you committed to this. You don't have to but, stay. But it, if you want to play basketball under scholarship yeah. at that level. Right. Right. So that's what he wants to do, right? So but the but the school can run you off whenever it wants. It's the school's scholarship, it's the school's opportunity, it's the school's uh, yeah, team. Yeah, but you're it, it's Jay, come on. This isn't that complicated. I agree, Gordon. Come on. This isn't that complicated. You want to give every advantage to the institution for the good of the game. Advantage. It's not an adversarial it relationship. It it's it not. Is. It's unfair. It's unbalanced. It's not unfair it or unbalanced. You and I will never agree on this. We won't because you can't explain to me why it's unfair and unbalanced. Because you're holding the student athlete to a standard that you're not holding the institution to. How? You still can't explain that to me. Yes, I can. I've explained it to you a thousand times, no, you Lord, but you don't listen. Or maybe what you're saying doesn't make sense. Okay, so a school, but what you're saying is that the, the student-athlete should be beholden if he wants to play basketball to that particular institution. But the institution doesn't have to live up to the same standard in regard to the student-athlete. Well, if you're asking me if a university is not a player, then that's true. I, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> the institution, like, you're talking about, like, the institution, like, a university is a person, and the player is a person. But the institution is getting the advantage. The individual student-athlete is not. That it's, beho- it's holding you to a four-year deal when it doesn't have to hold itself to that same standard. It's it's the institution's platform. It's the institution providing the opportunity. But, who, who, yeah, but who's, who is performing so that that school could make millions of dollars? 
billions of dollars? Millions, I said. Make as his profit, which is not true. The vast majority of athletic departments run I in the know red. I know you say this. It's but true. They're, they're reaping a lot of money. They're, that's what they're. That's what they're bringing in. A lot of money for opportunities cheap, for, for cheap, athletes. For yes, cheap I know. labor. For it's la- not cheap labor. It is relatively. This speaking. is not a corporation. It's a university. It's relatively cheap. It's not. I, I don't. I, can't, I, don't I just come I along can't with believe that. that somebody who's as bright as you are doesn't get this. I get it all too well, my friend. Okay. Well, it doesn't do us any good to sit here and sure bang our heads against the wall. Yeah, it does. I'm enjoying it. It's because I like being right. Okay. You are so full of a word I can't say right now. Oh, genius is what you're looking for. I'd agree with you, Gordon, but then we'd both be right. But anyway, this is, this is back to the point, this is a side effect of this rule. There, yeah. and, and that is something that we agree on, that this rule, whether you think it's right or wrong, will have some ripple effects that it'll people have, might not be all that wild have, about. Yeah, but people will be happier. I don't think Individual so. Fans won't will be. be happy. I mean, entitled players who bounce from school to school looking for somebody to hand it to them on a silver platter. It's not always we'll that way, it. Jake. Sometimes they're lied to. Sometimes they are told things that aren't true. Sometimes coaches leave. Sometimes there's all kinds of circumstances that can change. Sometimes they're not as good as they think they are. Well, I yeah, but okay, yeah. Well, obviously the coach thought they were I don't that good or else he wouldn't have signed them to this scholarship in the first place. I agree with you. I don't think you should be able to pull an academic scholarship just because somebody can't cut it. This, I, but, I mean, but what's fair for the normal students is never fair I, for the I, athletes. I, just, I, I agree with I, that, too. Jake, I just can't believe that you're— you're running into the same wall every time we have this conversation, and it's not that difficult to understand that just because a certain set of circumstances are sold to an 18-year-old kid, that he now is beholden to that if he wants to keep his basketball opportunity, whereas the institution itself and the coaches don't have to live up to the same standard. The coaches aren't student-athletes. The institution isn't even a human. Yeah, you're right. The the coaches are making $5 million a year. And the players are not chained in some basement somewhere. They can go wherever they want. Well, they should be able to, yeah. They can! Well, now they can. No, they could before. They could go anywhere. You could go walk on at a different spot. You just could, had to wait at, one year to still, have a scholarship athlete at the level that you're playing. You could go play J, uh, JC. When was the last time a coach had to wait a year? Who cares? A coach is not a student athlete. This is different. It's part of the institution that is part of the problem. There's not a problem. There is a problem. This is the wall you run into. No. You say it's a problem, well, okay, and they, there's an unfairness, okay. and that's okay, not true. Why are they doing? Why are they changing the rule? Then? They shouldn't. Why are they? I don't know. You tell me. No, you the, tell it's, me. It's your side of the aisle why that's are, pressuring, why, pressuring why them into doing they, it. Why are they capitulating to this if it's so bad? They shouldn't. But they are because they have to. The political winds are blowing, oh, so they have to change. Go. All right. You can't triple stamp a double stamp. You can't triple stamp a double stamp, Lord. You can't triple stamp a double stamp. Because something changes doesn't mean it's for the better. It's a beautiful thing. It's not. And it's, it's going to make it's, college it's, basketball it's, a worse sport. Oh, well, it already is a crappy sport. I'll oh, so in that case, then yeah. who cares? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's at least it's at least it's more fair. <laughs> Wasn't unfair to begin with, but okay. Want to remind you about our you, friends you at the warehouse. Bl- you are blind, soul. You uh, are blind. Back at you, man. I can't believe you can't <laughs> see this. 
right. surprises me that well, you can't think more critically about these favor? things. Let's not talk about this because <laughs> yeah, I don't know about my eyes, but my ears hurt. Yeah. Join uh, (laughs) us at the warehouse on Friday from 2 to 6, 1825 South, 300 West. Prices so low it'll blow your mind. It's the warehouse. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. There isn't much that makes Austin Horton angry. Wait, who are we kidding? Almost everything makes Austin upset. This is Austin's airing of grievances. The tradition begins with the airing of grievances. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Our producer, Austin Horton, has an enemies list. Plus, you don't want to find your name yet. We put names on it all the time. Austin, who's going on the list today? Uh, There's two entrants on today's list. One involves... Parking stall lines are merely suggestions. That idea. You're putting Gordon on there? No, no, no. Those who believe what that audio just said, that parking stall lines are merely suggestions. Because it's A, a really uh, Deutsch bankery move (laughs) in the first place, no matter what car you drive. To take, it's like, up, to take up two spaces? To, yeah. to mm. uh, You know, if you miss the line on accident, that's we can all tell the difference, right, between someone who is bad at parking and someone who is good at parking like a Deutsche Bank. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's a whole nother level when you're driving a run-of-the-mill everyday car, which I like, but when you're driving a Honda, a Nissan, a Chevy, it's a whole nother level to then pull that thing diagonally across did two you, spaces. Did you see someone do this? Yeah. Well, I didn't see them do it, but I did not have a parking spot recently uh, yeah. in a very limited, you've got to have a pass to get into this place because some, one of those names I'd used of a make and model decided that their sedan needed two spaces and almost three actually. So, oh. so if you, honestly, just stop. If you're worried about your car, park across the street park at the at the very back corner of the parking lot take the bus whatever whatever it takes rub it with a diaper like like uh cameron's stepfather on ferris bueller but don't don't be making me walk from bountiful to get to work so that your we'll say a versa can have two and a half parking spots you know Austin, i couldn't agree with you more really stop that right now yes okay. i've been falsely accused, Not falsely <laughs> accused. the other guy uh, the other uh, thing that goes on the list did you hear the shannon sharp skip bayless thing you were telling us about this so and i don't need to play the audio it's pretty simple so shannon sharp and skip bayless have this show i have no idea what it's called undisputed i think is that it uh-huh. okay uh and uh, in fact i know more about real housewives of salt lake than i know about okay. this show but uh they were having this argument about julio jones and skip bayless who is a known cowboys fan was like he's leaving atlanta and he's coming to the cowboys so shannon sharp calls him on the air, puts him on his cell phone on speaker, and they go through this whole discussion, and Julio says, I'm out of there. He, he, I'm out of there. meeting Atlanta. And then Shannon says, "What? where do you want to go ideally? He said, somewhere where I can win. And Shannon said, well, that's not Dallas. And he said, no, I know that. Well, it turns out that Julio Jones most likely did not know he was being taped for this show when he when he got this call from Shannon Sharp. Because then Shannon Sharp just hangs up, doesn't tell him, hey, we're live, hey, we're doing this show. 
just just hangs up on it. And according to California law, that's against the law. You got to let someone know that you're being recorded yeah. and this show's done I don't in mean California. It's against the law, but it's morally wrong. And too. that's what's bothering me. Not so much that he broke a law, because that might be a slap on the wrist, five hundred dollar fine or whatever. Or maybe Julio says, "I don't care." But as a media personality, I get that Shannon Sharp is not a journalist. But even just as a human decency, you gotta let someone know that they're being broadcast publicly. Or, like when Hans called into the Saturday show, I told him no less than five times, we're on the air. Yeah. We're on the air. Be careful we're on the air. I as didn't you, just as you should. I just didn't trap him. Yeah. Like Julio Jones appears to have been trapped. So in Utah, I think it's not illegal because Utah's a Single-party consent state, right? But the FCC has different rules on that. The FCC, and this cable television is not broadcast television, but the FCC, you have to alert somebody that you're you're broadcasting. But in California, and that was always the ironic part about uh, the Donald Sterling situation, right? Because that V. Stiviano, was that her name? Something like yeah, that? Yeah, Silly Rabbit, yeah. yeah she, uh, <laughs> she recorded that whole conversation and let it loose, even though that was technically illegal, but nobody seemed to care. Yeah, Penal Code 632 in uh, California states... Uh, it is prohibited to amplify or record confidential communication without all parties' consent. Yes. That's a great one, Austin. So uh, well, you're on the list there. I agree with both. I'm not sure which bothers me more, though. Well, Gordon goes on the list finally. I know I've been on the list for quite some time. <laughs> Parking stall lines are merely but suggestions. Finally, that Gordon was, now that makes was, that the was list. incriminating audio. I don't believe that. I but. have a source. Do we need to go down this road, too? Your, is this, is this going to be like an old uh, old wounds your, show? Your source is <laughs> flat out lying. My source saw it. That's, that's just, saw it there, with there their is, two there eyes. There is just no way. And this source <laughs> is no extraordinarily way. trustworthy. I'm, Gordon, I'm, have you ever had a source lie to you yes. in all your years? Yeah. So it, it is possible. It is. And it's probable. How does it feel case. when someone tells you your source is lying? Uh, uh, I, well, uh, not good. Uh huh. Jake, how does it feel when it Gordon hurts? Says you're it hurts. <laughs> and if the source is out there listening, I'm sure it hurts them too. That source called me. Let's talk. <laughs> in a back alley that, at that noon. That is a threat. <laughs> yeah, that's an okay corral that, that invitation. Just, that, that, that is just incorrect. 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 I'm because your Huckleberry. I feel the same way about that as you do, Austin. <laughs> do you really? Yes, I, I do. No, because I don't think you do. I, I could Didn't be, you I could just be, have no. a, a personalized parking space at a remote recently? Yeah, but that was because we talk about this all the time. I could be driving a freaking half-million-dollar Bugatti, and I would not take two spaces. Well, I think that my source said you took, like, four. <laughs> Your source is so full of it. This For those of you that true. don't know, Gordon once went to a press conference up at Utah and parked across several <laughs> I, parking no, spots. No, no, in, what, in, allegedly, wait, 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 wait. reportedly. Why, why do you state that as fact? Well, because I have a source that saw it. Eyewitness. Well, I saw it, too, because I was there. Yeah, but you're the subject of the inquiry <laughs> oh, here. I can't. It, what hurts me is that you believe this this source. It's a good source. Uh, but what about me? What am I? You're the subject of the inquiry. Of course matter. you're going to deny it. <laughs> you think I would really care about Could that? you have yes. done it? Could you have done it by omission, not realizing you had 
done it. That is a much greater possibility. Okay. However, I usually pay attention to that stuff. It could have been. I mean, we were talking about— I mean, about, you, there is the story where you just Tokyo drifted into the Huntsman Center and threw the keys to the intern and said, <laughs> the, the, I'm Gordon Monson. I did not. But the, the, the so-called press conference you were talking about was happening at Rice-Eccles Stadium, and the parking lot was completely open. There wasn't a car so now, with it. I could now not, you're justifying I, it? No, I'm just saying that— it, You went it, from it, denial it, to justification? No, I didn't do it, but— but If I, you it, did? If I did it accidentally— <laughs> Thou doth then, protest too much. Didn't, didn't O.J. write a book that said, if I did it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow! Just It just didn't happen. I would love to know who the liar is. I know because you would. You're, this has become personal for the you. Liar. And this is why I could never tell you because you would like you'd burn their house down or I something. I would not. I would not. I would feel sorry for them. You would not. I, yes, you, I would, would. you would exact who is, revenge. Who is in such great need of attention to bring something like that to you when it's when it's untrue? What would it take, Jake, for you to reveal your source? Like, oh, like if they if someone donated a million dollars to the road home at Christmas, would you reveal who it was? I mean, what's my integrity worth, really? Dude, no, <laughs> not a lot. I'm not. This I'm not going to do this that. This is what you do: talk to your source, tell your source to call into the show, <laughs> and we'll talk on the air. That's that's the way we settle. This. Why? So Why you are can, you punching your other hand? So when you, you say can that? diagnose like whose voice is that? So oh, we can well, tip I mean, your hand or just, tip our hand. Our. So you're saying I might not recognize their voice? See, now look, sniffing it out like Sherlock Holmes. I mean, there are voice scramblers. That's the whole they reason could. you want them to call in, so you can figure out who it is. I don't so care. you could exact your care. revenge. I yes, wanna, you do. What revenge do I want to? Am I Austin Horton? I, I'm not interested <laughs> in revenge. <laughs> am I Austin Horton? I, but, but I'll tell you, it is, it is extremely frustrating being falsely accused. Revenge is so delicious. Mm. Falsely you is, may, you is may a get loose me over term. On your side of the aisle. On that one. <laughs> All right, stay tuned. More big show up. next. Ninety-seven-five and Wrapping up a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, ninety-seven-five and twelve eighty. The zone tomorrow. Gordon will be a game day. It will be, and a lot of uh, sort of anticipation. Uh, slash curiosity about how this next game is going to go. I would say this game is about as critical a game as any game the Jazz have played all year. They have to win this game because if they don't win it and they have to go back to Memphis, uh, they're facing long odds in a first-round series that they could very well lose if they lose this next game. What do you think about the other two games yet to start tonight? Coming up in about an hour, Lakers-Suns game two, and then at 8.30, the uh, NBA TV game, you've got Mavericks-Clippers game two. Uh, first of all, the Suns are good. The Suns are really, really good. I mean, they may be inexperienced as far as playoff basketball goes, but that team has a lot of talent. When I watch Devin Booker play, I think, wow. That, 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 <laughs> whether you like his overall sort of aura or not, he is one heck of a basketball talent, especially scoring the basketball, but also setting up his teammates in that first game. He showed all kinds of skill in that regard. The if the Lakers, uh, I would expect them to come back stronger tonight, but I, I, I'm not 100% sure. And uh, the Clips Mavs? Clips got to pull their stuff together. I mean, 
<laughs> you you picked them to to win the West, I think, didn't you? Uh-huh. Um, so uh, they didn't play like it in the first game. So they've got to you know get their stuff together. Kawhi Leonard has to be a leader on that team and lead this team to victory tonight because I I really believe that um, just like what I said about the Jazz, if the if the if the Clippers lose this game and they have to go back to Dallas, that doesn't look very good for them. It might look good for the Jazz if they can get by their first-round opponent, but uh, uh, the Clippers are just uh, sort of a fragile mix. I wonder if the Mavericks would have actually been a better matchup for the Jazz than the Grizzlies. That thought just jumped into my head. Or even the Blazers or the Nuggets, for that matter, play against a team that has no interest in playing defense. (laughs) Uh, I would say the Mavs are a better team than the, the Grizzlies. That's not what I uh, I'm talking about matchups. That's not necessarily what I asked. Uh, I with Luka Doncic, uh, he is such a gifted player that uh, that 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 could have created problems for the Jazz as well. The Jazz just have to be the Jazz. They have to play like they play. They have to make shots that they normally make. They have to do all the things that are necessary to lead up to those good looks. You could argue that they did some of that in Game One, but they missed them. So it's kind of that fickle converse, conversation about that fickle three-point shot that sometimes it'll desert you at the worst time. Uh, and uh, you and I have talked about that. And I've written about it. But, uh, you know, statistically, it proves out that generally a team that shoots well during the uh, regular season from three shoots well from three in the playoffs, too. So we'll see where the Jazz go from here with their best offensive player back in the lineup. All right, Gordon, you uh, enjoy your evening. We'll catch you tomorrow. All righty, Jake. Look forward to it. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.